Unreliable Narrator with Tim Ebel and Ryan Hansen, the cab drivers of creativity, champions of the unknown, believably unbelievable. Film, TV, books, cosplay, and society issues. Interviews of creators, authors, and artists. Mayhem on the word-cutting floor. And now, join us to find out what's really going on. Alrighty. Hi. Hi. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Tim. And I'm Ryan. And we're there here we to talk. Oh, you go ahead. No, we have a lot of things to talk about. We, we almost have too many. We got to narrow it down. Um, yeah, a little, a little space out today. That's right. But we're going to start with spoilers. <laughs> we are going to spoil some stuff today. That's right. Um, yeah, we're going to be spoiling a uh, 40-something-year-old film franchise. So if you've never seen The Empire Strikes Back, which is part of the Star Wars series, if you live under that rock, you got to tune out. We're sorry. Yeah, that's your choice. you got to tune out right now. Not only that, but uh, if you have never finished the book, we're going to spoil that too. The book? The book. I'd, I'd the... just like to say that the main character in the book... Not only did he get uh, done in, but he came back from the dead. You're talking about the capital <laughs> V, the book? Yeah, that's right. The book. The one, that, the one that everyone says they've read and no one has? Exactly. Okay, so, well, I guess you could spoil that. <clears throat> no need to read it. Well, yeah, you should read it. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Spoilers. So I know I understand that we that we destroyed a movie for somebody. We did. We ruined Spider-Man. And uh, to be fair, um, maybe we should have said, well, we're going to ruin the Spider-Man movie right now. And, and we'll, we'll try and get to that. Uh, we were just talking about when it's safe to spoil a movie. And, and for the most part, when you're talking one-on-one -on -one with a person, it's a, it's a fair game and conversation to go up and say, Hey, have you seen such and such a movie? And they'd say, why, yes, I have. And then you could just talk about all the things spoilery. But if someone hadn't seen it, we decided it was more, uh, more clear to go, oh, geez, yeah, you got to tell me when you've seen it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk. But uh, on a podcast, we can't do that, right? I don't think so. I we mean, just we, didn't, we didn't go out there and watch the movie and then the very next day spoil it. There was a bit of a time gap there. I'm not sure exactly how much, but more than a month for sure. I think so. But when is the right time to spoil something? I mean, uh, maybe you could give me a couple examples of something been spoiled by you or spoiled for you. By me and for me? Yeah, sure. I, either one. I guess if it comes out and it's within the first two weeks, I feel like it's off limits. But I also go way out of my way to make sure that nothing happens. I give it some, something important to me and I don't want it spoiled. I won't uh, go online and look around too much, for instance, for a couple weeks. But after a couple weeks, you know, I guess I kind of feel like I'm fair game because I'm, you know, chances of me running into some information are pretty high after a couple weeks. Well, after a couple weeks, I mean, it's hard to stay off everything, you know, and hard to not talk to that many people. I mean, uh, some pretty loose lips out there. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, I mean, everyone gets excited about these things and they want to talk about them. Um, in the particular thing that we, uh, that we spoiled there, um, 
is it safe to talk about it now? One of the spoilers is the uh, basically the the motivations and the ethics of of one of the main characters in the Spider-Man movie, and that is totally based on actual comic book events. There was no surprises there. No, no. I mean, <laughs> no. It 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 really was. You know, the thing is for me is uh, I'm I'm not a I'm not. I don't even go out of my way to avoid spoilers. I mean, uh, right now there's a bunch of Star Wars leaks coming out about the new movie and I've seen them and we won't get into detail about them because I don't want to spoil any of that stuff, but I, uh, I can't look away, man. It's like a dumpster fire. I got to be right there getting the heat on my face. I, and it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, I'm still going to go see the movie and I'm still going to love it. Uh, but there has been a couple times where one time in particular where I watched, um, it was in the glory days of, I don't know what everyone was using LimeWire or Napster or something like that. And it was, uh, I had downloaded the Hulk movie, the 2005, I believe Hulk movie with Eric Bana. And I watched the whole thing. And the, the kicker was, is that it was the day I was going or the day before I was going to see the movie, it got released on there, but it was a, an unfinished no effects, um, crappy um, midterm cut of the movie. And I just watched it anyway. And it really bummed me out because when I went and saw the final movie for the time, you know, you're going to laugh at me. Everyone can laugh, but I liked it. I liked that Hulk movie. I liked the special effects. I thought for at the time they did a fairly good job and all that stuff got sullied by the unpolished, unfinished version of that show. And I ruined it for myself. I really did. Okay, so, spoiler alert, but isn't that the one that has the giant poodle that attacks him with the other two dogs? The giant mutated poodle? That is it. That's the one. I like that movie. Yeah, it was a, it was a good... Uh, well, I like Ang Lee, but that was a good uh, family drama mm-hmm. where a guy turns green and wrecks shit. And I... <laughs> I felt like that that particular original story was somewhat plausible. I mean, yeah, it, was, it did stray. There was, was an all excellent right. fight scene with helicopters amidst yeah. all the uh, the rock formations and stuff there. Oh, yeah, when he spits the head of that missile off and hits yeah. the helicopter, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, there were moments. I mean, uh, now the Hulk we have now, it's, you know, it's pretty good. But And we really don't know where he came from because his origin is buried it was uh it's it, it's like a maybe a mashup of those two movies I was, we don't know well here's a spoiler alert i think it was jellyfish and frogs and um other other uh maybe axolotl dna or whatever they were mixing it up with but that's where the hulk was that and a heroic dose of radiation you know we need that <laughs> but um no you would sent me this article here about a watching order for the star wars movies which was really funny because I just listened to a, a story on another podcast where someone was describing trying to hide the uh, the Empire Strikes Back big moment reveal. And uh, if you've never seen the Empire Strikes Back, it's time to tune out right now. But <laughs> Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. Yeah. And anyway, they were trying to preserve this for their kids who hadn't seen the movie and and. Um, to no avail. They didn't, they weren't able to do it. I mean, it's just part of, part of uh, the culture, um, North American culture anyway. 
it's such a deep ingrained thing that it's in everything. Like they talked about it being in Toy Story. They talked about it being, you know, like another kid at school might've seen it and he, he just kind of popped it out there. I mean, I think the Simpsons have done a, a send up of it. I'm, that's in everything. It's in everything. You know, I was watching the flash, the series from the beginning, which I've never really watched. I watched a little bit here and there. And uh, the guy that plays Luke, of course, is in that series. Uh, what's the character that he is? Um, the trickster. Trickster. And he gets his uh, he gets this this teenager to break him out. Or well, not teenager, young adult to break him out of jail because that's where he's been for the last twenty some years by pretending to be him. And then the big reveal is he says, uh, "Aren't you wondering why I, why I brought you in on everything? I'm your father." And <laughs> and he reveals <laughs> it to the character. Sorry about that spoiler there. But no, uh, I yes, he was the father, and and he had that smirk on his face when he did it because, of course, you know we're all in on it. Like everyone is in on it. He's like triple in on it. Yeah, that's right. Because originally he he was misled, and I I believe that he didn't know, did he, on the set? Uh, supposedly I read somewhere that they kind of had the, uh, David Prowse deliver some other kind of line, like, uh, like Obi-Wan killed your father or something mm-hmm. like that. And then when the movie came out or something, it was totally different. And he was like, Whoa, uh, David Prowse, David Prowse actually spoiled that movie. I don't know if you've seen that uh, documentary. No. In this case of a spoiler. Well, there's a, there's a documentary I watched that was out about David Prowse and I, I think it's called, I am your father or something, something like that. I was really sad because he, he was, uh, you know, I think he'd kind of been shut out of the whole um, money side of whatever those movies made or they purported that he was. And, and uh, basically what happened to him was before Empire Strikes Back came out, he, he had given an interview in some uh, like local England newspaper. And uh, it was just kind of an off the cuff conversation about what he thought was going to happen. And he was like, oh yeah, you know, like maybe Darth Vader's Luke's father. And this was years before, like a year or something before Empire Strikes Back came out. Hmm. And supposedly they were choked that he'd done this. So anyway, they kept him in all the movies and then, you know, he just doesn't make anything anymore. So off the, uh, off the whole thing. So it's kind of a sad story, but that's the dirty business of Hollywood, I guess. So if you want a good, uh, if you want to see what spoilers are all about, kids, just watch the David Prowse movie. It's what happens when you spoil stuff. But uh, I don't know. Star Wars has a long history of spoilers. I was just watching the two guys um, um, from Rogue One. Uh, they were the dudes that they got picked up on Jedi. And I know uh, uh, Donnie Yen is one of the guys, and I can't remember the other guy's name who plays Baze Malbus, but they were doing an interview, and they just kind of off the cuff spoiled the whole movie that they got killed in it right when they were doing a, a, a pre-press interview or whatever. So, Oh, that's a bummer, but well, I don't know. They weren't the only ones that got killed to be fair. It was a lot of other people as well. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, if you didn't see that one coming, I mean, they might as well have called it. You're going to walk in front of the death star laser. That's what, yeah, that's true. But, uh, I don't know. Like, uh, it's, it, it's a hard thing for me, spoilers, because like I said, I, I, I actually seek them out and they don't bother me and I'm going to go see the movie anyway. And, and, uh, I don't know. I just kind of, I kind of like the whole thing. 
I don't know. Did you, were you ever, do you remember the movie Terminator Salvation? Yes. Well, when I was following all the spoilers for that, <laughs> way back before it had come out in the theater in 2000, I'm going to say nine, uh, I had read, there was an article that popped up on a movie news website, which I love going to and reading in. And it was a, a spoiler of the original story, which I think they shot the ending for, or they had it in the can where that guy that was uh, Sam Worthington was playing. I can't remember his name, but he was like an actual half Terminator hybrid dude, whatever his name was in that movie that at the end, John Connor gets stabbed by the T 800, just like in the one that we watched. And he dies. So he doesn't have the heart transplant. He just dies. Mm -hmm. So because the whole movie, if you kind of watch that whole movie, everyone's listening to recordings of John Connor over the airwaves or whatever. And not really anyone knows what he looks like except for a select few people of this sort of resistance fighting force or whatever. So what was going to happen in the end of the movie was that those two dudes were actually going to swap places and that the John Connor we all know and love is actually this other half Terminator dude. And that was the big shocker of that movie. Well, everyone found out about this beforehand and completely shit a brick and they wound up, Actually, the backlash to it was so fierce that supposedly they wound up changing the ending of the movie just to get around the backlash for it from a spoiler. So, I mean, I see why people don't want to have them out there, like movie studios in particular. Like, you don't want to have your movie spoiled, and but uh, it's, hard. Well, it's hard. That makes sense that uh, the movie theater or the movie producers won't want it, a movie spoiled before it is actually released. And like you mentioned uh, previously, that's that's why now they're filming multiple scenes uh, that way that they can even mislead the actors about which ending is the correct ending and mixing everything up so that nobody can really tell ahead of time, but only a big budget is going to be able to pull stuff like that off. If you, if you're a smaller cast, it's uh, more likely you're not going to be able to hide everything. Yeah. And that's, that's reasonable. Like I think the, the bigger productions are going to have the, uh, the money to do that and they're going to be able to kind of like swing uh, swing, swing their production in a way that is going to make it so that nobody sees you can, you can even, they're even cutting trailers now. Like when you see a trailer, you don't know how much, particularly for the Marvel uh, star uh, and star Wars franchises. You don't know how much of what you're seeing in the trailer is going to wind up in the actual movie anymore, if anything. And it could be just all stuff that was shot just for that. So they're doing a good job. They've figured out a way to just kind of misdirect us. And, and, and they know that everyone's just going to be sitting around guessing and, thinking about this or that or the other thing for the whole time. And nobody's actually going to be looking at the real stuff. So I don't well, know. I, I, I like that. Maybe we should start helping them out. Maybe we should start uh, going to see movies and then coming and reporting spoilers that are total misdirection. Oh, I do that already. <laughs> you wouldn't be surprised how much matter people get when you tell them false stuff. Then <laughs> really, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I gotta stop doing that. It's a it's not a nice thing to do. Well, which way do they want it? Then they just want you to not even talk about it. Yeah, that's pretty Say much no it. comment. <laughs> Have you that's... seen this movie? Uh, no comment. No comment. Yeah, <laughs> I don't watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is a movie? Movies of the devil. Yeah. Well, though, <laughs> we won't get down the Satan wagon again. I'm not driving that down the hill. Not that bobsled. Okay. So why don't we go back to the, uh, to the viewing order that we never fully discussed? Well, so the purported, purported viewing order that is ideal 
Do you want to, do you got it up in front of you or do you want me to describe it? You go ahead. Well, they're saying that the best viewing order is to watch episode four, A New Hope, followed by episode five, Empire Strikes Back. So you get the big Darth Vader moment. I am your father. And then what you do is you treat the whole saga like one big movie and you go back and watch episode one, The Phantom Menace, as if it were a flashback. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you get the whole Darth Vader story up to Revenge of the Sith. You'd watch one, two, and three. And then you get, you'd cap it off with Return of the Jedi. So, uh, and then you could watch, you could follow it up with Rogue One. You could follow it up with Force Awakens, Solo, and The Last Jedi. Um, I haven't done um, anything beyond episode seven. So when we, when I did this with my family, we watched all the way through and we did it in that order all the way up to episode seven. Now, some hardcore people say that you could drop out episode one entirely and not even watch it and just pick it up at episode two. And there's enough information in there and they're right. But uh, then you miss the good shit with Darth Maul, man. Like that's the, that's the money right there. But uh, anyway, it does work if, if, and it's, it's a cool way of watching it, especially if you've seen them before and you're watching with someone new because then it keeps them, keeps that big moment. I mean, if you watch the, one, two, and three, and then four, five, and six, then, you know, you don't get that big reveal moment. You're robbed of that. And that's one of the cooler moments, I think. What about you? Would... I think I agree with most of the, most of this watching order. So I, I personally liked one, two, and three. I don't know. I'm willing to take the better parts of, of everything. I mean, maybe the, the Gungan section is not my favorite part. And that's where most of the people get lost is on the comedy end of things. They they weren't uh, a lot of people are not a fan of that. They feel like it's got to be more serious or something. Um, I I have no problem letting that exist in there. I guess uh, some of the voices really bother some of the people. Too cartoony. I liked the I liked almost all of the movie though. I especially liked how it showed how agile anybody using the force is, which was yeah. never really shown before episode one. You know what I mean? Like when they jump, say, out of a, out of a ventilation shaft down onto a floor or, or dive into the water or any of those things. So that kind of showed a different side of uh, people using the force, which wasn't really seen before. Sort of touched on a little bit, but... And then uh, as far as episode two, I think I've only watched that one once. That one is the only one that I think I could drop completely. Episode two? Yeah. Huh. Because we're talking about movies that are memorable. Less things are memorable in that one for me. Oh, really? Now, number three, I've watched that one probably five times now. I think that one's my favorite out of all of them. Yeah, I'd say that's a, that's a, it's not the one I've seen the most, but I definitely think it's the better of the three. But uh, I, I don't know. They all have, uh, the, the big thing is, 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 um, we dived into prequels and, and sequels and, and stuff like that last time. And we, we touched on prequels a bit and, uh, and then we can kind of touch on it now. And I think the thing that, that everything, uh, the reason that people balked at these movies so badly, and, and I think the backlash has died down and people have kind of found the things that they liked and picked out the stuff that they really love. And, and some of the, a lot of that stuff has stayed spoiler alert at the end of solo, Darth Maul is back and he's one of the cooler things that stayed. So if you haven't seen solo, we just wrecked it. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, 
you know, they, they all had the things that were nice. They, they all had the good things about them at the time. I really like, I really liked them too. And I, I, to me, it's not complete without any of those prequels and it's not complete without any of the new stuff too. And I know that the new ones have taken a lot of flack about things. And I still like those too. I just like that they're around and I like that people are still excited about them. And I like that we still get to see this kind of stuff, but um, yeah, I don't know. The spoilers are just, you know, we're talking about these as prequels. So typically when we're thinking about a prequel, we think, okay, so they just made Terminator two, but where did this guy come from? Why don't we have to go back and invent all the story and stuff? I know we'll do that. We'll, we will now come up with all the backstory. This is, that's different than star Wars because <clears throat> um, when he came up with the idea for, for star Wars, he had, the, those stories were already created in his head. He already knew where, where Luke and oh, he knew the whole story and he just didn't think that he could pull it off as I understand it. So he jumped to the middle. Mm-hmm. So it's not really like a typical prequel in that nobody had to go back and create it from scratch. I think part of the problem I have, I have with these prequels is they don't really fit in a way because they might not even be written by the same team or, or uh, author. Uh, and they're just kind of like an afterthought a lot of the time. And uh, they're just, they're more profit motivated. Oh, it could Star be. Star Wars universe yeah. is not like that. It, not, not the heart of it. It didn't come straight out from profit. It was like a, a, a whole story. If that makes any sense. It, well, it does. I think it, it's like anything, anything that gets really big. I mean, uh, you once said to me that the nature of things is to get more complex, not simpler. And I think that's what happens with these movies is, is they, they do tend to get like that too. Like, I mean, we're, we're at 40, uh, 42 years on with star Wars here. And the whole thing has just gotten like, you know, if you wanted to follow the whole thing, and, and get the whole picture, the whole story, including all the legend stuff that they tossed in the trash after they, after Disney picked it up and all that, man, I give you the props. You are dedicated, but uh, there's just, there's just so much there. There's just such a complicated history with this. And, and to, in order to make it interesting again, like, I mean, you have to go back and you have to go forward and you have to, you know, throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks and sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. And I mean, uh, you know, the stuff is going to be around forever. It's going to be long after we're gone. People are assuming lighting up lightsabers and, you know, saying, may the force is with you, may the force be with you and all that stuff. It's going to be, it's going to be a religion. I mean, uh, but uh, in the meantime and in between time, it does. The, the, the tendency is to corporatize it. It is a business. It is a, it is a, uh, a hard sell. There are toys, there are t-shirts, there are TV shows, you know, they got, there uh, are people that just randomly put on a stormtrooper costume and walk around cold. Lake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are those. Um, but I mean, uh, at the same time, I, you know, they're, they are just throwing spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. And every once in a while they come onto something that has a little bit of heart to it. And that's, I think what the, what it all comes back to. I mean, just, just thinking about the Terminator franchise. Uh, one of the things, one of the, one of the staples for that is extreme violence and dirty words. It always had that. Mm-hmm. And then when they took that stuff out, it was just kind of like someone took that whole 
the whole heart and soul of it out. And it just seemed like, well, we know what you're doing now. It's kind of a, you want to make a PG 13 movie. You want to make it appealing to everyone. And uh, we're way out of spoilers here, dude. I go way off track. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? They, they took all that stuff out and then they, they, they just expected that all the fans would just blindly follow. And if something, if you, if you hollow something out and you, and you don't understand the mechanics of, of what works, then you're not going to be able to put something back together again in a way that people are going to recognize it. And if you do, if you just have the skin on it and you don't have the the skeleton to it, that's, I think, really telling in how it moves, how it functions, how it presents itself. And now they're going back and you look at what they, they got another Terminator movie coming out this November. I don't know much about it, but I know they got James Cameron back. I know they got uh, Sarah Connor back with Linda Hamilton and they're bringing back the dirty words and the extreme violence. So we sounds, sounds uh, like it should be good. We're hoping so. I mean, uh, <laughs> I love the Terminator. I, I, you know, nobody goes into a movie, you don't, no one pays for a movie and walks in going, Oh yeah, this is going to suck. I, nobody does that. Nobody's saying anyway. I know they've but, completely overwritten the story, but there was there was that series on TV, and I really enjoyed that that little series with the Terminators. And I don't know if you watched any of that, but no, I watched the whole thing. It, I loved it. It. Went, it went quite astray before they canceled it from from the original story, but it was great. There was that scene where uh, the mass killing at the swimming pool. Oh, spoiler alert! <laughs> Did you see that yeah. one? That way, I think well, that was the last episode that was on. We're talking ten years ago. Oh. <laughs> my memories, my memory is that I liked it, and the lady from Garbage was in it, the lead singer from Garbage, and that's that's it. That's it. But uh, and I liked it. But uh, I don't know. It was a uh, was definitely a time, wasn't it? Well, for sure, we're gonna spoil more things. Are we staying no on? Around it. Are we staying on spoilers? We we can drop spoilers now. We'll just we'll just conclude that with we're going to spoil things. There's no way around it. Yeah, I think I, it's in our nature. It is. <laughs> if so, if you like spoilers, this is a place for you. That's right. Maybe now we should I, change your name. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a little pledge. I'm not. I'm gonna try to not spoil anything very recently without you know anything recently released without at least some advance warning. Mm-hmm. Um, there, but there I, is one thing that I insist that we don't spoil though. What's and that, that would be the books about the Shrike. Uh, we have to leave the Hyperion, uh, the set of four Hyperion books alone. We can't spoil that for anybody. Oh, no. No, I wouldn't do uh, that. That would, be, that would be wrong. I mean, Long there's moral us. lines. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, man. I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> like, well, I yeah. do it. <laughs> I totally do it. I love that stuff. I don't know. I've, I've managed to, to uh, convince several people now to, to either listen or read those books. And they were all very surprised by the, by the last bit of those books. Yeah. I, that's, that's one of those things too. It's kind of, um, if you, if it's, it's not, again, like, you know, it's all about, uh, well, I'll give you an example. Uh, maybe, maybe it's an example of how we've kind of lost any sense of human interaction, but when you go up to someone in person and, you, and, and you're going to talk about some movie that you know they obviously care about and they may or may not have seen it, you have that moment where you're like, hey, man, have you seen or hey, so-and-so, have you seen this? 
and they're allowed to say they where they get to say yeah i have or no i haven't and then you can kind of gauge a response but that's out the window on the internet and that's where that's where you run into all the problems now i used to twitter a bit and i'm not on there anymore because the one thing that i couldn't avoid was uh game of thrones stuff mm-hmm. and the second like i mean the second it came out everyone in the world was tweeting out shit that spoiled it and I, I, like I said, I'm, it doesn't affect me, but at a certain point I was like, well, you know, they're just, they're just, it's coming so quickly that I, there's no way I could even avoid this if I wanted to. So I, I suck, I sucked it up. And instead of binge watching, I actually finished the last season and I got to watch the two last episodes, uh, pun intended, unsullied. Um, and that was the only time I had never been spoiled on that show since the first season started. And it, I don't know, at the same time, if it would have been all spoiled for me, I would have liked it. I, I would have liked it just the same. And I would have enjoyed the show just the same and enjoyed kind of discovering and seeing the whole thing. But it was just nice to have that, to have that window where it wasn't just ignorantly spoiled. And that's what I find about Twitter is it's just like a shotgun blast of spoilers just going off one after the next after the next. And you can't look away. Like, I mean, if you're on there and you're interacting with it in any sort of way, I mean, you have to shut it right off and not even look at it for, uh, I'd say, a good week in order to not see anything. So I just got right off. Well, I don't spend any time on Twitter, and I also didn't watch that show, which has been spoiled for me. <laughs> Here, this article, I forgot that I saved this article. It was in uh, the mirror.co.uk on October 29th, 2018, and I have this article saved because I thought it was really funny. Antarctic scientist stabs colleague who keeps telling him endings of books he was reading. <laughs> so these two, these two scientists are stationed in a remote outpost in Antarctica, and a scientist plunged a kitchen knife into his colleague as he was fed up with the man telling him the endings of books, say investigators. They passed the lonely hours during four harsh years together in a remote outpost by reading. However, I- Savitsky became angry after Bill of... Uh, Pelogusov kept telling him the endings and he is, he was then in intensive care with a knife injury to his heart. Well, it sounds like (laughs) someone was just going out of their way to be an asshole. Yes. (laughs) It could be because they were trapped together for four years in Antarctica though as well. That also changes your feelings about people. Maybe. Well, what could go wrong? (laughs) Well, apparently you could get stabbed right in the heart with a kitchen knife. You know, that's not super funny. <laughs> we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be laughing at it, but it's um, just so outlandish. Like, it is the power of spoilers. Like people take this stuff seriously and you know, it isn't, you know, it's, it, it really isn't. I don't know. I don't want to get stabbed first off. So if we spoil anything, don't come and stab me. Uh, stab Tim. <laughs> that's fine. If you can find me. If you could I'm find in a me. remote outpost in northern Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not even a lie. <laughs> I just threw you right under. Please don't stab Tim. He's nice. Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. And I'm not sorry. But I, don't f- I, I feel that this, this article is just funny to me. I don't feel bad at all for some reason. <laughs> not only because it didn't just happen. But it isn't a mass. Like a, I don't know. I feel like the guy probably deserved it. Well, it sounded like, uh, you know, when you, read, when you read between the lines, I don't think it was the spoilers that were actually the thing that were driving him nuts. I think it was the guy was an asshole. 
and uh, yeah, I and, think so. and and that's the uh, that's the kicker. That was the thing that really bothered that guy. And an asshole will find something that bothers someone and just pick at it until it gets him right. So obviously that guy was more well read than his colleague, and the guy was a little bit behind on his reading, and he just I can just that. picture how it went down. He'd be he'd he'd walk over, and the guy'd be reading a, a he'd pick some thick books. So he probably had something like it or the stand and the guy would be like, Oh, so you're almost to the part where, you know, spoiler alert, where he rolls the bomb out of the desert. Are you? <laughs> Boom. You know, he'd probably go out of his way to figure out what the guy was reading and then, and, and even research it online if he had to, to give him the ending. Man, that is some, uh, that is some next level cruelty. Yeah. I don't know if I'm capable of that. I just, uh, as you know, anything I've spoiled has been unintentional and I've apologized. Mm-hmm. I guess, uh, I'm not a sociopath after all, but I do feel bad if I, if I've spoiled something. Yeah. We, well, we won't go out of our way to wreck anybody's fun. No, we'll, we'll try and do a preamble, but if we do yeah. wind up spoiling stuff, please don't tune out. We still like you. And please keep the kitchen knives in the kitchen. Yes. <laughs> While we're on the topic of Star Wars, which we kind of strayed off of, I was thinking about the motivations of Anakin and uh, the connection between fear and hope. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the movies called A New Hope, but personally I feel like hope is just disguised fear. That's just my personal feeling. I haven't really studied up on it or anything, but hope and optimism well, I kind of I kind of wrote a book partially about this topic a little bit. Hope and optimism to me are problematic. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Because I feel Anakin went astray partially with well, fear and hope. Yeah, I think they are. If uh, really, really the big thing for me with with when it comes to that, and um, I'm a. I'm a, uh, what would you call it? A hopeless optimist sometimes. And, uh, always the things that are not always, but sometimes the things that I'm really super optimistic about, uh, just don't happen or, or they're out of my control or something like that. And I want this to be a self-help show at all. I'm not qualified, but uh, I'll just tell you my personal experience with it. So if you're listening out there, I'm not, I'm not giving any advice. I'm just telling you what my personal view is. But, uh, for me, it's too much of one, and too much of the other or too much of both of them are never good. And you have to reconcile those things, I guess, where, you know, if you don't have any hope, that's not good either. Like, but you have to have a reasonable outlook of what your situation is. And, and for me, that was kind of uh, I didn't know this at the time, but I was kind of uh, inadvertently introduced to, I guess what you'd call stoicism. And uh, I don't know anything about it. I'm not a philosopher, really. I don't know other than other than that the, the uh, tenets that were being, uh, I guess, preached to me by. It was actually someone in a in a in a safety course that I was taking uh, for the place I was working at the time. It was the first time I heard it. Was that you can't change certain things, so you're wasting your efforts in in directing your anger or your fear or your whatever at those things. And you'd be better served at changing the things that you can actually change that might help your situation. 
And I think that that was, uh, when you look at that character, that's all the things that he was worked into was that he was convinced that he could change this big thing that no one can change. And that's that people are going to die and you're, and you're going to die and you can't, Oh, it's dark. It's so dark. We're sorry, but you can't change that. <laughs> right. You can't change those things. And he got tricked into thinking that he could. And that's where, uh, like anyone who would, he, he, he fell down the, the hole of trying to think that he was bigger than that thing. And none of us are. And, and yeah, he just had, he just had that, he was played man by the, by the big dude and uh, well played like we all are. Yeah. He kind of asked for it in some ways though. He, he was arrogant about it. Yeah. And that's, and that's typical of someone um, I guess that has too much of that. I don't know, or of a character we'll say like a a character who has all that uh, stuff floating around in his own brain that they're bigger than they are or that they're, uh, their situation isn't what it is. There's that disconnect from reality where something is, is like with his character where, you know, he couldn't reconcile that the things that he was doing at his job were affecting him negatively and making people think he was a dick. Right. Mm-hmm. And they weren't giving him the things he wanted to because, well, dude, you're a dick. Like, look at your behavior here. And instead of doing that, everything was someone else's fault. Everything was, you know, it's an interesting, you know, for a lot of, a lot of people shit on the movie, but there's a really, really some interesting character developments, clunky acting, maybe. Okay. But I still love it. I think they did a good job with this character. Like realistically, he had a whole bunch of reasons for doing the things he did. And I don't think any of them are unrealistic. No, well, that's, that's, that's what I find. Then I think that's why I watched number three so many times is because I can, I can kind of see where he's coming from. And, and I realize, you know, we can say this or that, but if he changed any of his actions, we wouldn't have the, the rest of the story. No, and that's, but, uh, that's it. But at the same time, I think, you know, we all, need to, we all need to accept things that we can't change. And if you can do that, instead of still being optimistic and hopeful and afraid that you can dodge that thing then uh then you can then you can focus on being happy with what you got like isn't that one of the tenets of uh stoicism to love everything that happens yeah like like i said i i I don't you might as well like it because you're not going to do anything about it anyways yeah, it, it, it's it's all about turning a big shit sandwich into filet mignon, if or, or or trying to anyway, right? I mean, that's a really crude way of putting it, but uh, for for all intents and purposes, you have no choice. Like the situation you're in is the one you're in. the The place that you get born into is the one you get born into. Wishing that something else is gonna or it wasn't that way isn't gonna change anything. So you have to look at where you are and the things that you can do mm-hmm. to a survive and B try and thrive and be happy. And that's a, it's a hard thing to reconcile with, uh, you know, it helped me out a lot. Uh, and I didn't know that that's what it was at the time, but the more I read about this stuff now, the more I, th- the more I kind of see myself getting directed to it. Mm-hmm. Now there's a, there's a, for me anyway, there's a healthy amount of like, I'm not a joiner, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I'm a toe dipper. Like I like all these little things and I like to just dip my toes in and find the things that I like. I mean, 
I don't think I'm a person who's going to go full bore into a stoic lifestyle or anything like that, but there are certain things that I do like, and there are certain things that, that I find like if you went, if you went too far down the stoic path, you might wind up in somewhere that's a little bit too nihilistic. Now nihilism is another one that I don't think is really bad in parts. I mean, accepting that the things that you do now are not going to make any difference a hundred years from now are, uh, you know, and, and just going, well, you know, there's no sense in getting upset about this right now because it's not going to matter. And it, it's, it really doesn't, it's not going to change anything. The planet's not going to explode because I didn't do my TPS reports today or, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so it, it's just, but at the same time, I mean, if you, if you go too far down the nothing matters path, then what are you doing? Like, you know, then you're going to get to a, again, you're going to go spiral into that dark place or anyway, I would, that's how I, that's how I think about it. So you got to find the good with the bad and, and the book, uh, the book has a whole bunch of good and a whole bunch of bad and people have kind of more or less taken the good parts and some people have taken the bad and I don't know, I guess it's up to the individual to decide what those things are. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I definitely, uh, I mean, uh, I find myself more and more drawn to these things without, you know, going in and buying all the trinkets and stuff like that, that people buy that, uh, that follow the stuff a little more closely than I do. But uh, it's funny that you say that because I'm, I just quickly searched online here and I'm at the Daily Stoic, and there is a trinket you can buy. There is a trinket. 26, yeah, there's a $26 coin. Now, how, to, how do you say that? Premeditatio Melorum, I think, is written is, is in, on this coin. It looks like a brass coin or something like that. And this coin is to practice negative visualization. You're supposed to think of all the things that could go wrong so that you're prepared for them, mm-hmm. which does sound kind of dark. But on the other hand, that's the basis of all planning. Like say, say you're deciding you're going to drive on a winter road. You're supposed to think, well, what happens if my car breaks down? Do I have a jacket? Is there a toque in the vehicle? You know, maybe, maybe I should make sure I take my cell phone with me. That's all part of what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely, uh, you know, it, it, again, it's reason. I'm, I mean, reason isn't, you know, being reasonable isn't being just negative all the time. And it's not no. being super positive all the time. It's just looking at what's realistic, right? So, yeah, I'd, I'd 100% agree with that. It's, it's kind of a, uh, there's that one. And then I've, I think I've seen the uh, Memento Mori coin where people will buy that. And it's just kind of a reminder that, your days are numbered, pal. Mm-hmm. You better, uh, you better do something. Well, and, there you go. So there's a couple trinkets you could buy in on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 26 yeah. American dollars for this coin. Now I, uh, I don't, uh, I don't well, really I feel like I, I've ne- like I said, I've never been a joiner. So I don't, uh, I don't, I don't go full in for the trinkets and stuff like that. And part of the thing that I found most attractive about this was I found a lot of people have to visualize things that they want to do for themselves and uh, that's one of the reasons that we're doing this podcast is one day you phoned me up and said, hey, why don't we just do this tomorrow? And I said, well, there isn't really a reason why we can't. And we did. <laughs> and I, I think there in that it just kind of lies like, a, you know, you have a limited amount of time. And if you don't spend your time doing something that's worthwhile, uh, then you've wasted your time. And a person has enough time in their life to have a good life. 
and to do the things that they want to do. You just can't piss around to the point where you're doing nothing. And I think, uh, I think that's, you know, without going all in and jumping in feet first into a flaming pile, pile of stoicism, that's kind of more or less what draws me to it and keeps me going. That's the thing that I take away from it most is that that next thing, if I wanted to do it, or if it needs, if it's something that I need to do, instead of finding an excuse not to do it, I just do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I, I, dude, I, I don't know. Uh, like I said, I'm not a, I'm not a philosopher or anything like that. I fall down all the time. I don't do, I procrastinate too. I spend my time watching TV like the next guy, but I don't know. I enjoy it. It's not time wasted, I guess, but uh, I don't know. More and more, the more, I guess the older I get, the more I find myself doing stuff more instead of just shitting the day away. Mm-hmm. I don't well, know. It's, it's pretty rare that I can make, that I can make myself do nothing in it for an entire day. But I can easily burn through six or seven episodes of something on Netflix after supper. That's different. That, and that's highly enjoyable to me. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing in the modern world that we have is leisure time, right? And and uh, how we use it, to, I can't remember who said, but uh, time enjoyed wasted is not time wasted or whatever, however the saying goes. Someone can correct me on it, but it's something like that. If you enjoy your time spent, then you haven't wasted it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know that, uh, I don't think you'd, you'd probably go crazy if you filled every moment of your day uh, being hyper-productive. Do you know what I mean? Well, and there, I do. there it, are people that need to do that. Yeah, you burn out. I mean, I'd burn out. I, I, like, I like to take my a little time and read or do, do whatever, but I don't know. What, what kind of stuff have you grabbed from it? Like, what's your big draw? From the stoicism, I think I, I haven't spent much time at all thinking about about this particular philosophy. I've heard about it here and there, but uh, there there are some things that are definitely attractive to me about it. I guess you have to really be careful. It feels like you have to be careful when you're trying to decide what you can do something about because there's a lot of times we have a built-in limitation in our minds, which is totally false, and one might think. For instance, well, I could never write a book. Stoically, if you thought that and you thought that you were correct, then you would just drop that idea and run. And then uh, you might have missed out on a big opportunity because anybody that's capable of listening to this podcast right now is capable of writing a book, period. Yeah. But a lot of people believe that, that, and that's just an example. It's a self-limiting idea. So it feels to me like that that could be a trap for some people that they could just limit themselves down and, and they could lose some of the shine could come off of life on, in some areas. I used to be a super optimist and now I'm just, I am a little more realistic, but at the same time, I, I usually just, I come up with ideas and then I just do them because I don't think I can't. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about that? Is that possible that, the, that this philosophy could lead you to uh, skipping out on things that you, that you maybe could have done? Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I guess if you, if you wanted to, if you wanted to convince yourself, that's all kind of a, a mental framing exercise, I think. And that's one of the things that I was, uh, strangely enough, I just remember all the stuff that was in this head shrinky course I took. And that was another one of the things that if you, 
if you if you frame something in such a fashion like i don't the the realist the thing is is like i i don't know i don't go on amazon much but i know that enough to know that there's a whole bunch of people who have written books on there and that pretty much anyone can do it so i don't know i don't i don't think that i don't know that you could you could you could probably more focus your if you were following it like if you were following stoicism i'd say more or less that you would you would tend to follow a path where you'd be thinking about something you could actually pull off. Not that you couldn't, not that you couldn't say, write the book. I think anyone's capable of doing just about everything. I mean, to, for the most part, um, without any sort of physical limitations or something like that, like, but, uh, certainly writing a book is something that almost anyone can do. Um, but, are you going to do it? That's, that's the thing. Do you need to do it? Uh, do you want to do it? And I think that, that, that if you were to kind of apply this philosophy to your life, you'd more or less go, well, um, I'd like to do that, but realistically it's not, it's not as important to me as this other thing over here where I'm going to concentrate my efforts. And uh, one of the things is, I don't know, like I'm a chronic hobby guy. I have, I have too many hobbies. I've had to drop some because I just, I, I just can't now I'm podcasting and you know, I still draw pictures and I write story. I want to write story. I want to do everything. It's just, there's too much life out there, but I have trouble kind of focusing and distilling my stuff down to what I want to do. And I think now it's, it's a little bit easier to just go, well, okay, I'm not going to go buy that guitar. Cause I, I don't think I'm going to be, it's not, a, it's it. I'd like to do it. It's kind of a romantic idea, but I'm not going to because I'd like to do this other thing more. And I only have a certain amount of time. And I think if I concentrated my efforts in that one area, as opposed to, you know, this other one that I know I'm just going to flip by and just do sporadically like a spaz, then I tend to be a little bit, a little bit more happier. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what that could lead you. To, I, I would say no. It wouldn't lead you to just dropping something in a, in a negative light, but it would lead you to realistically saying, "I don't think this is. I don't think this is. I like this, but I don't think it's for me." If that makes any sense, I know yeah, I'm rambling like a fool, but uh, I don't it know. It would also lead you to not kill an entire village of uh, sand people. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right? It would. You'd be like, you know what? My mom died. That sucks. And uh, I don't need a genocide on my hands. I'm just going to... Oh, wait a minute. We didn't say spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't. No, we didn't. Poor, poor, uh, the poor sand people. They didn't see that coming. Nothing, no, good, I... can, nothing good can come from growing up as a, uh, as a moisture farmer. That's all, all I can really say. At least no. the, the movie evidence is against it. <laughs> it's no occupation for anyone of sound mind. That's for sure. No, I don't know. It's uh, it's definitely got it, it's definitely got its roots in anti-stoicism, and then it's got its roots in the in the in the uh, in the original trilogy. I think it's got its roots in with Luke Skywalker in that in that stoic kind of thing. Um, where he, at the end, he's like, you know, Jesus is going to happen one way or the other. So I guess if you're going to kill me, let her fly, buddy, hit me with the lightning. And, uh, it's just that, that, ex that accepting of the situation. Really interesting. Now, I don't know if you know anything about, uh, 
for a while there when I was going, when I was uh, researching kind of this stuff, it would have been about, I'm going to say seven years ago, what got me into this mode of thinking was actually Star Wars in the first place. And I was reading uh, Joseph Campbell and some of his stories, his hero myths that he discovered or not, okay. not that he discovered, but that's more or less what the skeleton of the whole Star Wars thing in the Lion King and, you know, uh, certain iterations of Batman, Superman, here, any sort of hero story kind of follows what he discovered was like a, a consistent arc in mythology that, that all these stories had kind of a, a thing that tied them all together and it was certain elements of the story. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing led me to another, to another, to another. And uh, yeah, down, down the Joseph Campbell path to stoicism. Now he was a big proponent of like that people should follow your passion, right? You should follow that thing that makes you happy. And, and stoicism's kind of like more or less, I guess, antithetical to that. I mean, is that even a word? Mm-hmm. What does that even mean? I'm talking Opposite to belief. I'm throwing out $5 words. Like I'm some smart guy here. I'm really not, uh, I'm really not smart, but, uh, it's, it's kind of, I don't know. It, it's kind of the opposite of that. I mean, you can follow your passion, I guess, but if it's going to get you nowhere or if it's just going to drive you down the road and it's too much to do, then maybe you should switch your attention onto something that's going to, I don't know, produce greater results or, or whatever. And I think that that's where the, the mix of, this is why I'm not a joiner because I find all these little things that kind of pull me in, but I can never get right into something. I'd be a hard guy. You can't go as far as drinking the Kool-Aid. No, man. I, I'd be the guy throwing it over my shoulder saying, come on guys, don't drink this. <laughs> At least I'd like to think that, but who am I kidding? I drink the Kool-Aid all the time. <laughs> Well, I've drank quite a few different brands of Kool-Aid from various philosophies. I guess I'm uh, I'm more of a I'm a dive right right in type of guy, and then quite often climb right back out. But at least I go all the way in, right? <laughs> yeah, I like I said, uh, that's uh, I don't know. That's a uh, it, it's the getting out part that's fine. That's why I'm the toe dipper because I don't know how far in I want to go, so I just dip it in and go. Oh, this is nice, and then I pull back out. Ah, no, it's not. There's a nicer pool over there, and I go in and check out that one for a bit. And I'm like, you know, I like the uh, color of that one better, so I go over and get in the blue pool for a while, and then I'll go and get in the hot pool for a while, and I'll get in the cold pool, and you know, it's all good. But you got to, I don't know, I find that that works. It works for me and it helps in this day and age too. I see a lot of people getting upset about the news and everything like that. And, and I understand it's upsetting and, and uh, I just, I don't know, I tend to, I tend to just think, you know, I went and I threw my vote down the hole like everyone else and what's going to happen is going to happen. And at this point it's totally out of my control. So there's no sense in getting mad about it or I'm doing all the things I can. I'm doing all the things I can. That's right. Well, uh, uh, briefly talking about, you know, the news, 99.99% of it has totally out of our control and always has been. Oh, yeah. Because as one person, we have very little effect on, on, for instance, you know, the fact that the Amazon rainforest is either being cut down or, you know, having a huge forest fire right now or that glaciers are melting or that or that the chosen one has been found or, <laughs> or uh, any of the other things that happened in the last day. But uh, yeah, 
definitely could use some stoicism there for a lot of people because they're they're running around the sky is falling the sky is falling and yes the sky might be falling but running around waving your hands over your head is doing nothing no and that's <laughs> that's kind of i don't know i hear it i don't know i it's it's it is like it's something i see all the time and it's i have my opinions about it I, i'm not going to get jump right into them and share them and i, I don't really want to upset anyone or you know anytime that you throw things out nowadays you're pretty much going to alienate half the people that you know and uh, that's the reason i don't really uh, go on to any sort of social media stuff i don't i tend to stay away from there because it's just not worth it's just not worth upsetting people i don't want to go through my life making people mad and i don't want people to make me mad so I think that's what the news does is it's geared in a way to make people just lose their shit. And now it's even worse because it's like that little people seek out the things that they want to hear and they're looking at those specifically and they just lose their minds about it. But in reality, like they can't do anything about it other than just do the thing that we all do. They, I guess you could go out and protest and I guess that's an effective way to affect change, but you know, I'm not going to drive it? all the way. It can be. It has been in the past. I mean, it does draw light to, to things, and I get why people do it. I, I mean, it is the right to free speech, and I, that's the one thing I believe in wholeheartedly. I mean, it, right, right down to the bitter end. I'm a big believer in that, and people have the right to do that. I, I jump off when people wreck stuff that's not theirs. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen a you know, a protest or something like that where people are smashing windows out of shops that they don't own. And I don't think that that's the spirit of what they're doing. And I don't think that's going to help their cause, but, but at the same time, they're doing, they're doing something. And I like that people do something. If you feel passionately, about something, you should do something about it. Uh, anything. Oh, if you can. Not, not that I'm going to endorse this and not that I'm absolutely sure of, of the facts, but in a town in, in Mexico, Recently, there was a, a, a bunch of people, and we're talking locals, we're not talking tourists or anything, but Mexican people were kidnapped and held ransom by these criminals, gangs, and the people took it into their own hands, found the people. I, I, I think they might have even broke some of them out of prison with sledgehammers, took them out on the streets, lynched them publicly, like everybody did. We're talking the whole city showed up and they killed them because they feel that the, that they have to take the law in their own hands. Nobody's doing anything. Nobody's protecting them. Yeah. And I'm not endorsing that, but I feel that that's an actual action. I feel like most protests are not an action. I mean, I've watched these people, uh, you know, gather, uh, what was it called? the New York or the, the wall street thing, you know, they're oh. protesting wall street, whatever. You're talking about do. the, um, Oh geez. I can't even remember what that's called anymore. No Is one just... can, because that's how successful it was. Uh, occupy wall street. Okay. There we go. We got it. Well, not only did they occupy wall street, but they also occupied Edmonton downtown for some reason, Edmonton, Alberta, has nothing to do with Wall Street, but they also showed up there because they're protesting Wall Street in Edmonton. And that's yeah. just senseless to me. And not only that, but because it's in Canada, the government eventually just, you know, made them go away and then nothing happened. 
Yeah. It, you know, it's like I said, I mean, if, if people want to do that, all the, like I just, you know, if people, if something's important to people and they want to do something about it and they're doing something about it in a way that doesn't hurt anyone else, I'm all for it. But at the same time, I find the reason I don't do any of this stuff is that I think the, you know, realistically, when I look at the realistic situation, I think everything is so convoluted and obfuscated that I can't, uh, Ooh, I got some dog action happening here. They're all yelping. But uh, I think the truth is so blurred and obfuscated from us that we can't even really realize what it is. So I don't really know that the, I, I would have no way of knowing right now if the actual thing that I was going to do would be the right thing or if it was just I was another peanut on a pile of horse shit. And yep, another propaganda victim. Yeah. So I just don't do any of it. And I'd rather focus my efforts on people that I know trying to do something nice for people uh, in my community and just not being a dick. Uh, just don't be a dick. That's <laughs> I try and live that every day and I'm not always good at it. I am a dick sometimes, but at least I'm enough to admit <laughs> I'm still enough to admit it. You know, there is one group of people that we, we, we really need to do something about. Uh, it's getting totally out of hand. It's these spherical Earth Society people. They're actually going around trying to convince us that the Earth is a sphere, when obviously it's flat. Oh, my God. You're a fucking troll. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch that movie, too. And and you know what? At a certain point, I was I was like, let's see what kind of insanity we have here and then you know what happens is i st I, I i started watching that show and i'm talking about the one on netflix i can't even remember what it's called yeah um the flat earth show just look up the flat earth documentary on netflix if you want if, you, if you're listening out there and you want to see it but at a certain point it becomes like uh there's this guy and he's living in his mom's basement and there's this lady uh who's who's about the same age and you know reasonably good looking into the same weird shit and it start, I started watching it like it was this ultimate dating show. Like I was going to see this happy story where these two people got together and the guy just blew it. Did we talk about this before? No. He just blew it. And that was the most frustrating <laughs> thing ever. It was like you had one chance with this nice lady that likes the same weird shit as you. And you blew it, dude. You blew it. Really? He was just too awkward or what? Yeah, it was just, man, it was just... It was the weirdest thing ever. Like they had one-on-one -on -one time. They did uh, panels together at these flat earth shows. And, and you she thought has... that they were going to hook up. Yeah, that's what, that's the, sh the when I was watching the show, it, it really made me believe that there was like this, 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 there was going to be this like nice romantic story in the middle of it. I kind of got sucked into this. I'm like, oh, look, these two are going to get, and no, he just, he just completely shit the bed. Well, now and, you got to uh, be curious. Yeah, you got to give it a watch. It's so funny. It's just a, it's just a really good show. And at the same time, like, I mean, um, I don't, I'm not a flat earth guy and stuff like that. I pass a sign on the highway. There's a flat earth sign mm -hmm. on the one highway and I pass by it all the time and kind of give it a little air fist bump. Cause I think, I think it's cool. Like, you know, people, uh, though I think it's misguided. I like that they can, they can go out there and say that. And we live in a world where those guys can go and say, Hey dudes, the earth is flat when I don't know, I think I know better. So. Uh, and you know, there's a certain amount of, uh, I really haven't gone up high enough to see that it's all spherical and shit. So I don't know. You Who's never could. 
Well, I guess, I guess. No matter what you do, you can only see it from one side. So it's obviously just a disc. But I just, I don't know. I'm trying, like I said, I'm, here I am. I'm trying to be nice flat earth people. So watch the, the nice uh, romantic show where nothing happens. <laughs> and, and, you know, give these people some, uh, some of your time. It's definitely worth it. I might have to watch that. Oh, yeah. In between you, all the other things. I'll put it on the stack. Put it on the stack. You know, you do have time in your life to get to them all. That's, That's right. what Seneca says, as long as you're doing the things that you want to do. Well, I don't know. Might have to. Might have to watch that, but I might have to finish The Flash first. <laughs> I don't know how many seasons I've got left. I'm only on season one, so quite a few. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't even started on The Flash. I'm just inundated with too many good things. That's the day and age we live in. Like, think of how many good things there are to spend your time on. You know, you can watch uh, the greatest, the great, the golden age of TV. It's been around for what. 80 years television is it 80 yeah. years 65 years something like that i'm not Since sure. late 40s i don't know i'm bad at math i do know that because i'm in a hotel room and i just wanted to you know have some noise and i rarely turn on just the tv but i turned the tv on and and flicked through the channels and the only thing i could find that i wanted to watch was three's company so i watched the episode about uh when when they find out that you can spell therapist as the rapist oh geez <laughs> spoiler alert they really ran that joke on saturday night live yeah. too they did a sean connery bit with that oh yeah right well it was See? done first on three's company you that's what you think it was probably I'm done first sure. in some therapist's office in los angeles <laughs> and then they as were like as... holy shit i write for three's company i'm writing that joke in there probably and he never got credited for it See, nothing's original. We're back to we're back to two podcasts ago. Yeah, and nothing <laughs> was original. <laughs> well, I don't know. Would you like to wrap this up? Yeah, I think that that's a good place to end. We'll uh, uh, we'll we'll end with we didn't really spoil anything fresh. I mean, a a book that's you know two thousand years old and uh, a mo- a set of movies that is has been ongoing, but we didn't even talk about any of the new ones. Nope. So we didn't spoil anything from the last, well, maybe we did if you, if you count Solo, but I don't think hardly anybody's actually seen that. Oh, bullshit. That's a great movie. <laughs> it seems like not very many people I've talked to have even thought about watching it. Well, that's, that's terrible for them because there's some good stuff there. We didn't really spoil whether or not the earth is flat because we didn't get into that. Well, we can't. I mean, it's just got the basis of uh, its own unprovability right in it unless you can go up to space i even if you get to outer space you look down and all you can see is a circle yeah but you can't see the whole circle so you might have another circle i don't know I, I don't want to even want to think about it my brain hurts now <laughs> we uh we stumbled through stoicism like two blind fremen in the desert yeah. that's right I'm sure that there, if any Stoics are listening to us out there, they'll have, they may have uh, some input. Yeah. Well, we definitely know they're not going to get mad about it. That's right. Not if they're <laughs> true Stoics, because they're going to have to just accept it and make the best of it. Yeah, that's right. These two they assholes are just. <laughs> no, they can't. <laughs> you can you can write you can write into us now. So we should mention that you can that's write true. into us and uh, and give us your feedback. 
or tear us to shreds. I like that too. I, I got to be honest. I, I like a good roast. But we did make an email address where, where people can write in. Oh, and that and what is, is that email address? That is, oh, geez. Uh, that email address is unreliablenarrator2019 at gmail.com. Let me guess. That's spelled U N R E L I A B L E N A R R A T O R. That is correct. 2019. 2019. Not like when I originally spelled narrator wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, we could change that, and we did. Yeah, we did. See? Stoic as shit. Yeah, please, please send us any questions or, or uh, you know, comments on anything we've been talking about to that email. And uh, we'll, we'll read it out loud. If you could give us something to spoil, we'd love it. We want to spoil your stuff. <laughs> if you wrote a book and you want it spoiled on our show, send us your book. That's a good offer right there. <laughs> we will spoil it. Okay, well, let's, let's wrap it up. All right, it's been a slice. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been Unreliable Narrator with Ryan Hansen and Tim Ebel. Join us next time when we discover the easiest method to fight off truth decay using cutting-edge mental hygiene products.